This episode is brought to you by KG Productions for Krishna Nose. Good morning. Uh, we are doing the Uddhav Gita, series eleven. We had completed till verse fourteen, so we are going to continue from verse fifteen. We are doing Uddhav Gita, chapter eleven, verse fifteen. I am Kapila among the great Siddhas, and Garuda among birds. of the patriarchs i am daksha and of the pitris i am aryama now if you recollect i was telling you all that sri krishna is uddhava and during that time krishna is talking to uddhava that he is the highest amongst this and he is a particular you know if we are talking of a particular kind then he is the highest amongst that So here in this case, we are talking about first is the siddhas. Siddhas are sages, saints who have the powers. Siddhis they are. So the first avatar of Sri Krishna when he came on this planet Earth during this particular Manavantara was in the form of Kapila Muni. Kapila Muni was his first avatar, and Kapila Muni is giving a discourse to his mother, Devahuti. So this discourse comprises of the entire philosophies which we have discussed in literally all the scriptures. Otherwise, like the Bhagavad Gita, we have discussed about this entirely. the same way uddhav gita is also the same kind of a discourse now right in the beginning itself whether the spiritual knowledge could be passed on to a woman or not has been discussed by sri krishna right then krishna has said that i will train my mother that is Kapila Muni will train his mother Devahuti in spiritual knowledge, and that is the first avatar where he actually teaches. Why does a person need to know about spiritual? A person. who is on the material worldly path has got very little knowledge about spiritual why does he have very little knowledge about spiritual it is some it's a realm nobody understands absolutely nobody understands what the realm is all about every person comes with a concocted view about this spiritual domain right at the birth itself a person gets brainwashed into thinking that this is the world that i am in these are my parents this is everything that i have got in this place this is my family this is my house these are my people and that my 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 keeps on going <laughs> going on it is the ahankara the ego that sets in first thought is this is my body and my body means i own it the idea that this sticks to the mind of the person 
is the main reason why a person gets deluded right at birth. So, when a child says to his mother, I am hurt, I am angry, I don't like this, I don't like that. The child has this habit of saying, you know, I hate this. Whatever, suppose a certain breakfast is given, the child will be saying, I don't want this. The reason is because that ego is very strong. And then the child looks at this entire world and thinks that I know everything. What do you know? You are living in a world of dream. This world is nothing but an illusion. Yourself living in a dream, what do you know about the world? You will know only about the dream world. I am sure you know about Alice in Wonderland and various other fairy tales, isn't it? Alice goes behind her house and underneath the tree she finds this hole through which she enters another world. We have read from childhood different, different books. You know, Anderson's fairy tales and Grimm fairy tales. And from there onwards now to Harry Potter and then all that Meluha and all that Shivji stories. I don't understand all these stories. They are all concocted. There is nothing real in these stories. It's a world which is made up of certain things. We start believing in, in the, all these creatures. We start believing in Star Wars, Star Trek and all these kind of serials also. Look at all these Marvel comics or all this Disney world. Even the poetry that we learn in childhood, like Jack and Jill went up the hill. What was Jack doing? And who is this Jill? Nobody knows. Baba black sheep have in it. What is this Baba black sheep? So everything. <coughs> the child gets brainwashed into thinking. Then it is the language. <coughs> Sorry. The child starts learning a language. The finer nuances of the language. And this way from birth onwards, he is completely deluded. And this delusion persists. As he grows up, he believes that he is a young man or a young woman. And then I have to get married. I need a job. I need a house. You are already in a rented apartment. The rented apartment is this body. Now you want to own the body which contains it. Imagine that. Now you want to own the house. After owning the house, then they want to own the cars, the vehicles around. Then they want to own some more and some more and some more. Then they want to own their spouses, their children, their families. All this is called ignorance. Because nothing is yours. 
when you die also you are not going to take even a penny with you and go anywhere you can gather as much money as you want you can gather as many houses that you want you can gather as many relatives that you want these are the same relatives these are the same friends who are going to fight for even that 5 paisa coin if you keep nothing will come to you absolutely nothing so what are you so possessive about in this world about your body about your parents about the society about this place so this is the greatest teachings which devahuti got from her son kapila muni and this is one of the greatest teachings because he tells his world don't get attached to anything nobody is yours absolutely nobody is yours there is nothing in this world that you can claim as yours if you start even this belief that the person you are staying with belongs to you or you possess that person that is the worst thing you can ever do there's no point in the future we will be learning stories where krishna tells some very beautiful stories ahead where he talks about how people start possessing things his own family kicks him out everybody loots him they throw him out and then there is nothing which belongs to him so stop this charade that you have you know that i am the one i own this body it's all in the mind nothing is yours and this world is an illusion if you start believing in this illusion you are a deluded person this is the gist of kapila muni's teachings to his mother be free you don't have to own anything and you don't have to own anybody garuda among birds garuda is the highest flying you know they call it the eagle so he carries lord vishnu the highest he can go up to the top why is he the king among the birds he is the one who is responsible for lot of those beautiful stories that we have heard in all the beautiful books that we have done so far whether it is ramayana mahabharata or bhagavatam shrimad bhagavatam or all these other scriptures we have learned garuda is the vahan of vishnu isn't it so he is the highest amongst the birds i am daksha now daksha is 
coming from a place where he is the sort of head of everything. Alright? The term Daksha Prajapati you have heard in all these Shiva Purans and all those places. Daksha, person who controls, who has got the power, who is the leader amongst men. Pitris, the dead souls. Alright? The highest among them is Aryama. 16 verse Chapter 11, O Uddhava, among demons, know me as the Prahlada, the king of the Asuras. To the stars and the herbs I am the moon, and to Yaksha and Rakshasa, I am Kubera, their king. Now he says, there are people from the demonical womb also. The highest amongst them is Prahlada. Prahlad's father tried to kill him so many times because he was the Asura. People start so much believing in their own parents, not realizing that you may be an unwanted baby for all you know. They will say, it just happened, you know. And then they say, oh, I accept you. You are my baby, you know. What? This is a false belief. Anything born out of the body cannot be yours. Anything born out of a body cannot be yours. All the gunk that you have created in your body, you don't own it, do you? Every part of your body gives off some dirt. You don't own the dirt. Then why do you own that child of yours? So this Asura has a child. He is a believer of God. Whereas his father isn't. His father tries to kill him many a times. Through various methods. But he doesn't succeed. Here I have to tell you that. You can be born from any womb. Your parents look like human beings. Everybody's parent looks like some human being only because human beings only give birth to humans. Isn't that how it is? A human being cannot give birth to a donkey or a donkey cannot give birth to a human being. You know that. So a human being gives birth to a human being. But here he is talking about Rakshasas. Rakshasas and Asuras how can they give birth to a human being? Think. It is not about being a Rakshasa in that traditional form where you have teeth sticking out and you have long nails and you look very ferocious and all. That is a concocted version of a Rakshasa. An Asura. 
here we can come from demonical wombs also. Human beings are born in demonical wombs also. Now when I say also, it clearly tells you that this particular aspect of our belief system that we are born from human beings is wrong. The tendency of a human being, tendency, the nature, the nature of this human being could be clearly demonical. It is not that that person has, I told you, you know, he has got big eyes and fangs and all. No. You can identify these demonical beings very clearly. In one of our very ancient scriptures, it is mentioned that these people have very peculiar characteristics in the body. You can identify them. Ramakrishna Paramahansa never would take water from a person who came from a particular womb. If he had cockeyed, his eyes were not looking in the same direction. If a person had bodily defect, some kind of a bodily defect, what do you think these defects are all about? These defects are all about their past karmas which they have brought in this life of theirs. They are given a chance to rectify those problems in this life. So people who have these bodily defects, they get a chance to come out of it in this life. But human beings do not want to do that. If they have any of these six Shadripusis, that is the defects, the person will go further downwards in the ladders. Even one defect in that, in this life, if the person has any of those six defects, the person goes further down in the hierarchy. A person born with a defect, born with a defect, gets a chance to rectify his life here. He has to grow from being a tamasic guna to the sattvic one. That means if his gunas are tamasic in nature, the person has to grow higher in this world. But let us say that person has got a problem associated with the nature. And that problem is greed, lust, anger, avarice. You know those things? If he is jealous of somebody else, this person is jealous because the other person has got more. This person has got lust 
is always lusting for someone. Have you not seen movies where even the tiniest of those fellows, they are so lusty in nature? Isn't it? That person is born with a defect. He is a tiny guy. You can see the defect, no? With your own eyes, ears, you can actually observe the defect in a person or no? These are signs. When you see the sign, you see the defect in the person and if that person is going in any of this direction where he has got greed, lust, anger and all the other things associated with it, he falls down in the chain. So now he was in the tamasic guna, he will go into still further degradation. So the next life of his, he will be born as a vermin or as a ghost. He will never get the chance to even grow in his life. So Hiranyakashyap came from this particular womb. His son also did that. Now Hiranyakashyap was a programmed entity know this. He was the Dwarpal of Mahavishnu. Standing outside and he got cursed. It is God's own Leela that he was born as Hiranyakashap. The other one was Hiranyaksha and so on and so forth. Three times they are born in a demonical womb. But they get saved directly by the deity itself, by God himself, in various forms. Hiranyakashyap's journey continues in the next life as Ravana. So, what happens over here? His son, who is born in a demonical womb, Remember, the birth is also correlated to the last life of yours. Which womb you will be born is also respective of what you have been doing in your past. So if you are born this time in a demonical womb, remember, the reasons are too many. You have done something wrong in the past life. This life you have got a chance of rising higher. Prahlad takes the chance, rises higher in that life of his. He takes the name constantly of God. He never derides anyone. He never says anything bad even after his father is doing something bad to him. How many people in this world will want to blame their own fathers and mothers and Every other person in their world. Prahlada never blames anybody. He is a very kind-hearted soul. He has no ill feelings towards anybody. His own aunt sits with him on a burning pyre. And yet he doesn't utter a single word. 
कैन यू अंडरस्टैंड द ग्रेटनेस ऑफ प्रहलादा इवन आफ्टर बींग बॉर्न एज अ तामसिक वूम ही इज स्टिल द ग्रेटेस्ट डिवोटी ऑफ गॉड दैट हाइएस्ट लेवल ऑफ डिवोशन टू गॉड कैन नेवर बी फाउंड If one of you is born in a tamasic womb, do you think you stand a chance to become like Pralada? I don't think so. Because the kind of effort which Pralada put in his life, not only as a devotee, but he was a very great scholar as well. Constantly took the name of the Lord, helped everybody. He had two teachers. All right. These two teachers were the sons of the demonical head priest, Shukracharya's own children. Sons, they were teaching him, and they were also from this particular domain, and they were told to teach this child all the wrong stuff. When you are taught some wrong stuff, how? coolly and fast you absorb it if somebody offers you a cigarette very easily you will drink you know smoke sorry when somebody says this is just a wine you know wine glass have it and the person will say okay i will just try it out and they will try it out if somebody offers you know sex oh it's so enticing i want to do it people fall in their life it is very easy to fall remember the asuras guru shukracharya's children were training pralada and they taught all the wrong stuff to him but he never took anything wrong from them not a single teaching of becoming a demon did he take from them on the contrary he became the greatest devotee of god he said no to everything i don't want to drink i don't want to do this i don't want to do anything bad in this world it is in your hands if you really want to do something good it is very f- good that you know people love to fall down very fast no it takes a lot of efforts and that is the reason why krishna says to uddhava if i have to be the greatest of my devotee i will be prallada amongst the asuras i hope you got this answer to the stars and the herbs i am the moon in india we consider moon as the center of our entire planetary system why because we follow the lunar ephemeris the world outside follows the solar one all the tides and all are dependent on the moon isn't it the number of days in a month 
from the rising of the sun to the from the rising of the moon to the setting of the moon i mean think about it he is a very tiny guy in the beginning and then he becomes bigger and bigger it becomes a full moon day and then it starts becoming smaller and then there is amvasha so in india we believe in purnima and amvasha also so krishna says in that case i would want to be the moon so i am that as well and the yakshas and the rakshasas i am kubera their king what was kubera famous for for the wealth who took away his wealth ravana took away all his wealth this answer is very strange you have to know this even if you gather 1 cm of land i'm not joking this is a truth you can gather a thousand acres or a 10000 acres of land or whatever or it might be just a few square feet of land it can never belong to you never it can belong to you you won't even be fitting in that grave over there you know 3 by 6 grave if you think that i bought 10000 acres of land and i want to have my grave over here even that will not be yours so anybody who tries to possess landed property try to find out exactly how that landed property doesn't belong to you think about it if you get a legacy from some person even that person who has given you that legacy think about it that will not come to you there will be a hundred other hawks out there who want to take a piece of that you know meat from you let us say we have a grandfather the grandfather has thousands and thousands of acres of land now he bequeaths the land to his son or whoever think what has happened actually that man has not been able to enjoy that land at all how much does a person require we are a rented place you know this body is a rented place why do you wish to own properties when you can just rent it out stop being that person who loves to own one things it is going to cause you misery in the future so kubera is the greatest example greatest example of being an owner and be, being the biggest miser of all and becoming the biggest miserable person you know miserable starts with m i s e r those who are miserly my land my property my this my that 
any person who owns this kind of a thing and thinks no end of themselves this is my money my money my money i own so much i've got bank balances i've got properties i've got this i've got that nothing is going to come to you and when you die you will be dying with the curses of the people how many curses you will get millions of curses think what i am saying do you really believe that you can own and enjoy landed property or money no if you have even a small patch of land your own children or somebody else will fight for it once you die and they will curse you to your grave so there is no need of ownership so krishna says i am the kubera the worst of the kind one who has the highest properties and wealth in the world you will wonder why does he say i am the kubera you see even in asuras there are asuras who do not have so much of money and property wealth as we call it who has kubera has this land and this property belongs to him only isn't it god almighty so if you think of him as the best the best of the worst is also him you should know this so we move to the next one verse 17 this is chapter 11 verse 17 from the uddhav gita i am airavata among the high class elephants and of the dwellers of water i am varuna their lord of heating and shining objects i am the sun and i am the king of men so now we are moving into a better territory so he says if you consider the greatest of the elephants i am airavata airavata is the elephant belonging to indra dev also so he is the high class elephant of the dwellers in water i am varuna varuna is the lord of the seas all the oceans in this world are owned by varuna not only here but in every planetary system the person who actually rules over the plan, all these things all the waters is varuna aquaman <laughs> so <laughs> they have norse gods also no i'm sure you know that there are norse gods also the one who rules the ocean exactly like that varun dev in our world we is called the varun dev so he is the one who rules the waters heating the the object which gives the highest of the heat is called the sun so he says compare me to the sun and amongst the men who is the highest amongst the men the king himself okay 
See, I don't need to explain this now. These verses because they are simple. You need to understand them. So I am going going a little faster. All right. So verse eighteen says, "Among horses, I am Uchishrava, and among metals, gold. And those that control, I am death. And of snakes, I am Vasuki." So horses, the greatest of the steeds. You know, when when we think about the horses, we can think about the fastest of the horses, isn't it? Somebody who is so like a stallion. You have seen all those beautiful movies. You have seen some nice stallions like that. So he says that stallion which belongs to Indra Dev, he is a king amongst the gods. Remember that. He is Uchishrava. Metals. What is the highest metal in our world? No, I am not going to say metals which are higher than gold. Gold is the highest. Now today, the value of ten grams of gold is higher than, uh, you know, one kg of silver. Do you know that? How high it has gone? Gold. The one who can control you. Do you know? You don't know when your death is going to come to you. Nobody knows when death strikes. so he has a tight control over you you are always afraid of death death is the thing which every person is afraid of if it is not your death it is somebody else's death you are afraid of if you are bothered about your husband or your wife you are bothered about their death oh my god something may go wrong you are bothered about your death of your children if your son has gone to war somewhere isn't it if somebody has corona virus or some kind of a deadly disease you are worried oh this person will die so can you imagine the kind of control which this death has over you so krishna says i am that death also and amongst the snake i am vasuki is a snake who was responsible for the churning vasuki the greatest amongst the snakes among the great nagas then now we move to verse 19 among the great nagas i am ananta and to the beast with horns and or teeth i am the lion of the order of life i am the fourth or monistic order and of the caste i am the first of brahmanas or sinless one so now he says nagas are the serpents you know you know vishnu sleeps on a serpent his name is anantashesh when he comes on earth he comes with him his name is balarama lakshman also <laughs> so he says amongst the snakes the nagas i am anantashesh amongst the beasts i am the lion the lion is the king of the jungle of the order of life i am the monastic order an average human being he is a child then a grown up man who is into you know householder's job after that he leaves for the jungles and then the last one is the monastic order so the fourth order is me the rest of the orders is not they are the lower in the category among the first in caste i am brahmana the knower of brahma 
O sinless one. Verse 20, of sacred torrents, I am Ganga, and of reservoirs, I am ocean. Of weapons, I am bow. Of welders of the bow, I am Shiva, and the destroyer of the three cities. So here, Krishna is saying, which is the greatest torrent in the world, on earth, which has come from the heavens, it is Ganga. So he says, I am the Ganga. Of the reservoirs, I am the oceans, the biggest of the oceans, I am that. Of weapons, I am the bow. You know, the bow arrow is one of the greatest of the weapons that you have. Among the wielders of the bow, I am Shiva. Shiva is the one who can destroy all the three worlds also with his, if he opens his third eye, you know, everything goes. So, he is the destroyer of three cities. What are three cities? You know the three cities are? The three states of ours. Isn't it? All the states are there and Shiva can destroy all those states also. I am Mount Meru. The next verse is 21. I am Mount Meru among abodes of the Himalayas among inaccessible places. Of trees I am the people tree and of annuals I am barley. This is an understood one. There is the highest of the mountains is called Mount Meru. Mount Meru is different, okay, not, not the one that you can think of. There is no Mount Meru just now to be seen. It's a, it's a Meru which existed in the past. Today it is invisible. We don't understand where it is. You can't go and point out in the map, here is Mount Meru. No. The abodes of all these gods is Mount Meru. Just like, you know, the Olympian gods, where do they stay? On Mount Olympus, isn't it? Like that, Mount Meru over here. The inaccessible places. Which is the inaccessible place? The depth of the oceans, we discussed already. Varuna was in charge of it. Like that, the highest of the mountains, which is inaccessible today, Himalayas. Of trees, I am the people tree. Bodhi tree, you know Bodhi tree, people tree. So I am that tree as well. And annually you can grow barley throughout the year. So barley. Verse 22. Of priests I am Vashishta. Of the knowers of Brahma I am Brahaspati. Of all the generals I am Skanda. And of the pioneers I am Lord Brahma. Now amongst the gods. He's now come to the gods. The highest of the sages is Vashishtamuni. Isn't it? He can do all the prayers that is needed, the priests amongst this. No words of Brahma, I am Brahaspati. Brahaspati is who? You know, Brahaspati is the teacher of the gods. The gods are there, he is their teacher. Just like, just some time back I was telling you, the teacher of all the demons, Shukracharya. Like that, Brahaspati is on this side, Shukracharya is on that side. Skanda. I am Kartike Swami. He is the generalissimo. General of all the gods. So if gods have to go and fight, he is the one who is leading it. He is a general. 
the pioneers, the one who started everything first, is Lord Brahma. Verse 23, of sacrifices and the study of Vedas, of vows, non-injury, of purifying agencies and wind, fire, sun, water, speech and self, which are especially such. Now, these are some things which we need to understand. This verse is important, so I will go slow in this verse. I am the highest of the sacrifices is the study of the Vedas. Anybody who understands what is sacrifice. Sacrifice means in this material world, everything is a sacrifice. If I am eating something, that is a sacrifice. If I am breathing something, I am breathing out, that is also a sacrifice. So highest of the knowledge comes from the Vedas. Those who study the highest of the knowledge, the knowledge of the Vedas, they are that is the highest of the sacrifice. So if you want to do this highest of the sacrifice, look at me. I am that Veda. I am the one who has given the Veda also. Yes. You have to take a vow of non-injury. When you take a vow, you know vow, I promise to, whatever, I promise this, I promise that. A man should always promise not to hurt anybody. We love to hurt every person in our world. You know that, no? Which way you want to hurt? Action, words and deeds. No, sorry, thoughts also. Action and deeds are the same. So thoughts, words and deeds. A person thinks ill about another person. Why does a person have to think ill about another person? You can never be reaching the level of Krishna any time in your life if you even think bad about another person. If you speak words which are wrong, which are bad, if you keep on uttering nonsensical stuff about others, you are causing injury to this. By the way, if you say anything, if you think of anything bad or even if you do an action which is bad in nature, all these three constitutes injury, which means you are the cause of karma in your life. This karma is going to bite you. Even a thought which is an injury, which can cause injury to others. You know, in your thought, you may say, I wish that other person goes to hell. This thought is also going to send you to hell. If you utter words which are wrong and bad, you are causing injury to other people. You may not realize this. Many a times people don't speak in front of that person, but they speak behind their back, causing injury to that person. The highest amongst the vows that you can take, that is Sri Krishna. Highest of the vows what you take is non-injury. Don't injure anybody. Or purifying agencies. What is it that purifies around us? The wind purifies, isn't it? If there is a dirty smell over here, the wind will blow over it and the dirty smell will go away. Fire. Fire burns away all the impurities. Sun. Sun cleans up this earth. I'm sure you know that. Water. We clean with water. Speech. 
the most cleanest of the speech when you give a very good speech you speak good words about everything in this world in speech there is a mention which ventilates the highest of the thoughts what are the highest of the thoughts that speech which will make not only you to think good but the world to think good even when you give a speech the other people should think something nice about it so you cannot give a speech which is called a hate speech isn't it those who give hate speeches or those who say bad things about others that speech is not krishna krishna is a good speech and the self we have done self in every other place so i am not going to do it over here the self is we have to go and reach the state of the self verse 24 of yogas i am the perfect control of mind i am the policy of those who aspire after victory of all kinds of cleverness i am discrimination between the self and the non self and with regards to different hypotheses i am the faculty of doubt of yogas i am a perfect control of mind which is the highest of the yogas i'm sure you know you know about hatha yoga all ashtanga yoga everybody knows about this isn't it ashtanga yoga in that what is the highest of the ashtanga what is the highest of the limbs of this yoga is called the control of the mind when you have control of the mind the highest control of the mind you do not allow your mind to even blink i am present in that place i am the one who is there if you cannot control your mind you can never find me so those who can control the mind will have krishna in their life and the policy who aspires after victory everybody wants a winner isn't it nobody says i want to fail nobody says i want to get defeated even if a country is going to war do you think they want to be defeated no they want to win so those who want to be victorious i am with them of the cleverness i am discrimination between the self and the non self the discrimination means knowing the real from the unreal so what is real only god is real rest everything is unreal everything around you including your own body your mind and your in everything around you including you is unreal what is real it's only god himself so this discrimination if you have knowing the one who is the self and the non self the self is god in the previous verse we did that isn't it self is krishna he says i am the self and here he is underlining it once again when you have the highest of discrimination in the world when you know what is the self and what is non self that is me with regards to different hypotheses i am the faculty of doubt why is doubt so important 
in the spiritual world, doubt is very, very important. In the material world, doubt is very, very important. Listen to the words carefully. When you have doubts in your mind, in the material world, you make the whole world disappear in front of you. Because with doubts, you destroy the world. One doubt, think, one doubt can destroy the entire world. So isn't doubt the highest in the material realm? So in the material world, when you have doubts in your mind, you can not only destroy relationships, you can destroy anything. Just imagine your, you have a doubt on your spouse. And he or she is going out with somebody else. Your world comes to an end. That happiness which was there gets converted into complete misery. Isn't it true? So the highest amongst this, the hypothesis, it is not real. Doubts are never real. Remember this. Doubts are never real actually. If you believe in someone that can convert itself into faith, but if you have faith in a person and then you have a doubt in that person, the faith gets completely destroyed. When a wife asks her husband, why were you so late? Where did you go? It is called doubt. What happened to that money? Where did you spend it? It is called doubt. What are you doing with your money? It is called doubt. Were you going out with that other person? It is called doubt. You see another person in your life talking to someone else. That is called doubt. The biggest of the doubts, you see something or you don't even see, you hear something and then your mind starts acting up. It is called doubt. This doubt is the one which will make you the highest of the miserable persons in life. Just like he said, I am the Kubera, the worst of the kind. So in this world, the worst of this hypothesis is doubt. So he says, I am that doubt. When he says, I am the doubt, it actually doesn't mean he is the doubt, okay? <laughs> because that you will doubt me. What it means is, that is the worst possible thing that you can ever do in anybody's life. There is a man in China in yesterday's paper, it was there, yesterday's news, it was there. He had twins. And he did DNA analysis of those twins. They are very tiny babies. For certain governmental purposes, he wanted to create their, you know, data, their cards. 
and he went and did DNA analysis and he found that one child is his and the second child is somebody else's. And they were twins. Now tell me, how is he going to live his, his entire life? If you start your marriage with a doubt, how can you live with that person the entire life? If you doubt your guru, how can you ever call him a guru? Nothing is going to work in your world if you have doubts on your own guru. Isn't it? Even if you doubt this much, it is like one drop of potassium cyanide. It is going to destroy relationships. In the spiritual world, doubt is very important. The reason why doubt is important is the question arises in your mind. Am I the body or am I the spirit? Then you go towards the answer. So I hope you understood this lesson. Why does he call himself the highest amongst the hypothesis? Is hypothesis real? No. It is just a projection. It is just a thought process. And that is called doubt. So we have come to the end of verse 24 today. Tomorrow I will do verse 25 onwards. And we will try to complete this chapter hopefully. I don't know. Possible. So, I will see you all tomorrow. Like I have requested those who are on this.